0: Hello and welcome to Driving Discussions. In this series, we'll discuss the forces that affect road fuels globally. In today's episode, we will be discussing the current state of play for the US gasoline and diesel markets, uh, their influence on the clean tank of freight and vice versa. We'll touch on recent movements in prices for both uh, products and freight, the floating storage, and where it... Uh, all might be going in the near future. And my name is Alex Junovic, and I'm the Global Business Development Manager for Freight and Transportation at Argus. And I'm joined today by my esteemed colleague, Alisa Cox, who is the Business Development Manager for Clean Petroleum Products in Americas.
1: Hi, Alex. It is a pleasure to be here.
0: And pleasure to have you here. So, Elisa, full disclosure here, anything you say will be recorded and it will be put out to the world. So no (laughs) pressure whatsoever. Just try (laughs) and relax. So (laughs) let's get to it. Uh, As you are well aware, I'm sure here at Argus, we assess a wide range of freight rates. And admittedly, we have quite a cool coverage of the America's region for tankers. And apart from, you know, obvious bragging rights from this, I'm also saying this because our editorial team tracks the movements in clean freight daily. And I'll have you know that the clean tanker rates in Americas uh, are still relatively strong. They reached the two months high uh, just a week ago. They had a little stumble recently, but still it is uh, held relatively upright. And I'm looking at clean medium range tanker rates from US Gulf Coast to Europe, uh, Chile and East Coast Mexico at our August Direct platform here. And they still are well, considerably stronger than they were, for example, at the very beginning of the month. And um, as we hear, this is primarily due to the increase of exports uh, from the U.S. Gulf Coast. So can you please enlighten me on what's happening with the flows out of the U.S. Gulf? Is there a fundamental uptick there? Is there a slowdown coming?
1: Yeah, yeah, Alex, that's actually a great point. Yes, there has been an uptick in exports in the month of July Um, out of the Path 3 U.S. Gulf Coast. Uh, There's been more demand of diesel coming out of the Gulf Coast into Brazil and into Chile, into Brazil for agricultural purposes. Um, And, you know, we have been seeing huge, huge um, record high inventories for both distillates and for gasoline since the COVID hit. Um, And there are Slowly, slowly clearing out, um, and you probably are aware, you know, of the, all the floating storage that's floating around in the in the world right now, and it's a lot what of it floating has,
0: storage. Does it floats around? <laughs>
1: yeah, 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 it does. <laughs> um, so in the Gulf, though, uh, we have seen um, a little bit of easing up of the floating storage in the last uh, few weeks but this is just i'm sp- speaking specifically for the gulf coast um there have been some lrs MRs on storage and those have been clearing out and i think it's because of that uptick in the demand um into latin america
0: right and um it It is interesting that you mentioned floating storage actually winding down because it seems that generally generally if we're talking uh, global floating storage for clean products it has been relatively resistant um recently and according to our floating storage bookings database the unwinding of the clean products floating storage you know has not been happening as quickly as some may have expected in, in fact, it even ticked up a little bit in the past two weeks and we have uh, an estimated 68 million barrels of clean products in floating storage right now. now here, uh, by the way, it's important to remember that there is, you know, a very big, vast difference between uh, what is likely active floating storage and vessels which were just booked for short term uh, time charter with storage options. And sometimes people do not make that distinction. So this high number of uh, all those barrels floating around it actually presents the, the latter, the vessels booked on short term time storage. So it's like, you know, with hiring a car. If you say hiring a car uh, for two weeks uh, somewhere, let's say in Chicago, it's up to you if you want to have an intense road trip to San Diego or just park it up somewhere uh, in a campsite and just chill for two weeks. Right. So chilling for two weeks is the active floating storage when you actually, you know, uh, you have a ship which is idle for a certain period of time, and then you can assume that they're actually engaged in, in, the, storage op- in the storage option. But generally, floating storage is still relative, uh, has been relatively strong. And one thing which helps it is that freight, even after a little uptick in July, uh, have been rel- relatively low, especially with already we start seeing weakening uh, uh, this week. So this might upheld the floating storage a little a little bit more but uh, another important part of whether what's going to happen with both freight, uh, freight rates and the floating storage is what's going to happen with the demand long term and that's the part which i wanted to ask you about i mean the demand is recovering we have more exports but are we gonna see pre-covid level of flows anytime soon
1: uh, yeah, well, we're not, I don't think we're going to see um, anytime soon the pre-COVID levels um, of the exports uh, or flows just around the world. But it's interesting you say that um, about the floating storage, uh, which in the market structure, the paper structure supports, for di- for, for example, for distiller right now, it is in a contango, in a steep contango. So this particular market structure would support your your uh, floating storage, even though there is a high uh, demand for diesel now in Latin America. So we may potentially still see people floating um, floating diesel around because of the c- contango structure. Um, on the reverse side, the gasoline is actually in a deep uh, backwardation. So gasoline, this is the prime um, gasoline demand, typically seasonally. Um, the summer months are high in the gasoline demand, but we're not seeing that. Um, the gasoline demand is um, about 10% off of what year on year what it was last year, um, uh, obviously due to the COVID, due, due to those reasons. But when you ask about the demand of the products, um, you know, the demand is definitely increasing. The refineries are Uh, running, the utilization is um, increasing. So we are seeing that upward trend. And um, I think unless there's going to be some sort of, um, you know, second COVID outbreak, um, and then the economies are going to start closing down again, I think the demand is going to continue to rise.
0: Yeah. And it's funny you mentioned that because it, uh, especially with the COVID, is uh, it seems that markets are quite (laughs) Uh, unusual these days and it's funny to say that in the world which we live in right now but yeah it all depends on geopolitical events rather than any healthy supply-demand fundamentals. Mm-hmm. And when it comes for tankers, that is very, very, very true because fundamentally this market is still weak. And I guess that's sometimes that uh, people keep uh, forgetting is that what we've seen in April, May, that spike or early in 2020 uh, when the IMO 2020 switch show was, co- uh, was kind of upcoming, uh, which didn't really do much at the very end. The um, uh, It's not... Uh, connected to actual healthy uh, supply and demand fundamentals, but for other uh, mm-hmm. geopolitical events that no one expects. So, uh, since a lot of the questions now come out from uh, our clients as well as where the uh, tanker rates might go. I think that unless there is uh, some geopolitical event again happening, like, God mm-hmm. forbid, another second wave of the virus or some sanctions coming on certain ship owners or something mm-hmm. like that, uh, we're likely to have freight rates coming down because, again, floating storage will be unwinding as inventory, uh, inventories are drawn out and all of those vessels are going to rush back to the market, which is already oversupplied, and still we have an order book Quite a heavy one for tankers and just like you said the demand isn't going to go to pre covid levels anytime soon so realistically in terms of freight uh, you know having consistent you know uh, supported growth i don't think that's very likely in the short to mid-term outlook unless something funny happens
1: mm-hmm. since you mentioned the order book what does that look like right now for the clean tankers
0: Well, it's not looking as terrible as, for example, for the dirty tankers uh, in in terms of uh, the oversupply, but it's still, uh, there are still uh, you know a fair number of vessels on order and it depends on which uh, clean tanker segment you're actually looking at for example according to uh, affinity research uh, from their report which i've recently seen i think handy sizes we had around two percent on order which is quite low for tankers these days but then if you go to other sizes like MRS, as we know very important size for the uh, Amer- america's market already on order, quite a few of them already Mm -hmm. under construction. Mm -hmm. Then again, for LR2s, which uh, generally are very important for the clean tanker health, generally 9% on order. And some of those fleets are quite young, which means that we won't have as much scrappage going on, vessels coming out of the Mm -hmm. supply. But the important part here is that in order to have substantial you know, uh, supported freight growth, a healthy growth, or at least I'm staying strong for a little while, you need to have a persistently slower tonnage growth at the same time as demand rises. And here we see maybe a slower tonnage growth, but also demand, which is considerably less. And the market, which is being supported by, uh, you know, floating storage, which is just, you know, can go to a very, very quick un- unwind anytime soon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: how does the how does this order compare to previous years? Is it any lower or is it higher? Oh, it depends
0: on or which years. It depends on which years you look at, obviously. So, for instance, if we compare it to, uh, say, 2000, 2020 to 2019, in, t- in, t- in terms of deliveries or potential deliveries with, with orders, uh, it's it's uh, lower. Uh, if we compare it to deliveries from uh, 2017-18, it's higher. And, of course, nothing has yet come to the historical highs of, uh, say, 2008. But... Uh, uh the idea here is is how the demand is looking right now against the t- potential tonnage growth and I think it's still not looking at, uh, not looking healthy for ship owners and one thing always worth remembering ship owners love ordering vessels and investing in them so sometimes their investment strategy is driven uh, by short term uh, you know uh, situation rather than the long long term view like we mm-hmm. had some higher rate considerably a spike in rates in April and we already seen them come coming around and ordering more long-range vessels you know it's uh, they can be very optimistic like that and uh, in the, in the end of the day it creates the oversupply which pressures the rates down and uh, that's what I think we might see for the rest of the year at the same time, Uh, Lower freight sometimes creates more incentive for floating storage in certain spaces. That might be one of the reasons why it's not unwinding as quick as it might be right now. Oh, and and by the way, something something I forgot to ask you is, uh, and I know it's a controversial question, but where do you feel, maybe in your educated crystal ball, uh, the prices for uh, distillates or gasoline might go in the near future, all considered?
1: Yeah, it's interesting you asked that because we're seeing in the market seasonally the the distillate cracks at this time of the year are actually over the gasoline cracks, which typically is the other way around um, because uh, the high, you know, the, the summer months are the high driving seasons for gasoline, and uh, the winter, the fall, the winter months are typically more of a Um, bullish time for the distillate prices. So we're seeing the opposite here. Um, What I'm, you know, because we talked about really high uh, diesel inventory um, glut that's happening and it's beginning to clear out um, as the fall and the winter month approaches, the demand for it's going to supposed to go up depending on the you know the weather conditions specifically in the northeast of the US where there's a high demand for heating oil so that should balance it out and the the you know once the inventory starts clearing out um, hopefully the markets will begin to rebalance but um, in terms of the pricing where it's going to go Nobody has the crystal ball on that, but looking at just seasonally, um, you know, the distal prices should be spiking up closer to the fall and the gasoline should be falling.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a shame that not always uh, the volatility in prices for products, at least when they're growing up, it doesn't always translate to freight. But we uh, will again, we'll see it's a, it's an interesting world we live in. And, and uh, a, lot, a lot of the relationships we thought pre- previously not going to happen, we see in the new and scary world of COVID, right? Oh, and by the yes, way, indeed. since um, uh, as all good things, we're running out of time. Any final thoughts you have, which we might have forgot to mention?
1: Um, well, it'd just be interesting to see what's going to happen with COVID, whether the second round is going to come, and I think a lot of that is going to affect um, demand, pricing, inventories, and kind of everything what we've discussed. So I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen. Hopefully, all good things.
0: Exactly, and it means that it makes so much more exciting to predict anything. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> you, you most likely will be wrong no matter what, you, no matter what you say. But, <laughs> exactly. But, But it's good to make educated guesses, right? So um, in in any case, I think we are uh, running out of time at this point. So thank you, Alisa. And if you guys enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to tune in for the other episodes in our series of driving discussions. And for further information about the U.S. refined products uh, market and our extensive freight coverage, please visit argusmedia.com.